Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Yes, my guard stood hard when abstract threats too noble to neglect deceived me into thinking I had something to protect. Good and bad, I define these terms quite clear, no doubt, somehow. Ah, but I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. That's from my back pages from the album Another Side of Bob Dylan, released in 1964. The year that I was born, and when Bob Dylan was just 25 years of age. Bob's now 80, and has returned to the road, singing mainly songs from his album, released during the Covid months, titled Rough and Rowdy Ways, to outstanding reviews. He sounds good fresh, and as always, is experimenting with the form of what a song can be. My squash opponent last week was in his 60s at least, and he had not stopped playing the game since he was at school. Still fit and very good technically, he beat me. Keeping going is important. I've spoken about the long game before, but this is different. This week I want to talk about commitment an aspect of the long game, but maybe one that has gone a little out of fashion in the want-it-now world we live in. I received a Facebook request recently from someone I've not spoken to or thought of in roughly 20 years. I accepted the request and soon after I received an email from that person asking to speak. 20 years after we last spoke, our conversation went on for a couple of hours. Now I'm working with him again, developing a publishing imprint based on specific photographers and specific bodies of work. Work that demanded commitment, but that now sits hidden, unseen, rarely if ever published. I think in the photographic world, I've kind of developed a bit of a... uh, profile, I suppose, as being somewhat of a Lazarus figure of bringing back photographers who have been forgotten. That was certainly the case back in the early 1990s when I started to work with William Klein and Jean-Luc Cieff, neither of whom were making any photographic stills at the time that I rang them up and suggested that they might like to be commissioned by me. Now I find myself doing a similar thing, reaching out to photographers and asking them what they've got hiding away on their hard drives or in their attics. The work that they were committed to in the past that still seems important to me today needs to be seen. I think that's what commitment is. I think there's a commitment from the photographer to the work they're creating at the time. And there needs to be a commitment from others to that work to ensure that that work is seen. We can all get very excited about the new. And sometimes the new can be great. But sometimes it can also be weak. It can be shallow. It can be transitory. And we need to be able to identify when it is. So my suggestion to anybody working with the photographic medium And I suppose, in a way, any form of creative endeavour is to really recognise the importance of the commitment, recognise it in others, and recognise the importance it could have in your own practice. 
This week, we welcome to the podcast to explain to us in under five minutes what photography means to her, Ashley Coleman. Ashley was born in 1983 in Virginia and is a self-taught photographer working with an inherited Hasselblad. Her photographs have been exhibited across the United States, including solo shows at the Fisher Galleries in Jackson, Mississippi, the University of Mississippi Center for the Study of Southern Culture, and the Claire Elizabeth Gallery in New Orleans. Ashley's work has also been shown at the Ogden Museum, the Griffin Museum of Photography, the University of West Virginia, the University of Southern Mississippi, the Beau Bartlett Center, and it's currently part of a traveling exhibition for, called, I should say, Looking for Appalachia and a Yellow Rose Project. She is a founding member of the Dew South Co and lives on the land of her husband's family in rural Mississippi. What does photography mean to me? As I have pondered this question over the last couple months, I keep going back to a childhood memory of long hours in the car driving to my grandmother's house or hot summer afternoons running errands around town with my mom. To amuse myself, I pretended I was a kidnapped detective who had to get home again, memorizing the visual landscape, searching for small clues along the way that would help me. Even though eventually I outgrew this game, fragments of it lingered. Eleven years ago, I moved to Mississippi to a rural community of 175 people. I made it 176. It was disorienting. I lived my whole life in a city in another state, nothing felt familiar. To make sense of what I saw and to find beauty in what was easily overlooked, I began to take photographs. Initially, it was just the acre around our house, fields, an abandoned church, houses hidden by trees, a journal of sorts, weather and seasons. Gradually, as we walked the mile loop around town, I used photography to get to know my neighbors. We would visit, talk about this or that, and I would ask for their portrait. It was a way to find our similarities, to find my place, and a way for me to give back. Then I had children. My balance tilted off kilter again. I honestly don't know what I expected. I don't know that anyone can really know what to expect. When I realized that motherhood wasn't going to fulfill me, that I didn't want it to consume me, yet I loved it, I picked up the camera and focused the lens inside. Children hold nothing back. As I watch them zigzagging through daylight, they crest heights of wonder and descend into depths of terror all within an hour. They simultaneously test and delight me in surprising yet entirely normal ways. As a reprieve, a prayer, I photograph what I come across during the course of my day at home alone with three small people. As I began to see the moments of tension and wonder as symbolic of larger threads through life, it allowed me to take ownership over some of the chaos inflicted. As I realized that the quotidian details of my experience were universal to women, we have all been children, we have all had parents or our parents, it became a lifeline in this intense season, a way to not be alone in the journey, a way to say, I see you, we can do it together.
One photograph that sums it up for me is of a deceased possum, teeth bared, fur scants, and sparkly rain boot galoshes coming into the edge of the frame. The terror and the innocence, the beauty and the mayhem, all in one moment. Life pulses, blood drains, cats lounge, monarchs chrysalis, the sun sets with exuberant color, mushrooms appear overnight, wonder abounds. I make peace with and find humor in the dichotomies of domesticity through photography. When I pick up my camera, I am looking for clues. I am looking for a way closer to other people. I am looking for redemption. I am looking for home. Well, thank you very much, Ashley, for your contribution this week. Poetic, beautiful, uh, just absolutely capturing the spirit of her images in words. If you're not aware of Ashley's work, I suppose it's almost impossible. And I hope she doesn't mind me saying that for me, the work of uh, Sally Mann informs it. Maybe even a, a touch of Emmett Gowan as well informs Ashley's work. But her work in colour is very different to both of those photographers, but to me feels somewhat informed. I hope you don't mind me saying about Ashley. It's always very difficult to refer to other photographers when trying to talk about another photographer's work. Always difficult because I never want to step on anybody's toes with that. But anyway, memory once again, childhood so important. And I think really relevant there, um, though Ashley is making work very much about her immediate surroundings. And we've talked about that over the previous weeks in many episodes, the importance of being able to document what we see and what we know. That photography does not require us to go on long journeys or spend large amounts of money on travel. Our subject matter should be true to us. And what could be more true to somebody than their own children and their own home? So thank you very much, Ashley, for your contribution. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So um, I hope you did too, if you're listening to this podcast. Well, of course you're listening to the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed it too. And thank you once again, Ashley, for uh, taking up the challenge. I started off this episode talking about the idea of commitment, certainly no greater commitment than bringing up your children, as Ashley was uh, identifying there. But I also saw another uh, indication, sign of commitment uh, recently by the photographer Simon Norfolk, who posted this online. I'm directly supporting three Afghan photographers in a time of need. All three of them have worked with me in Afghanistan in the past, but it's unwise to name them openly. Two are in camps in Europe on the way to asylum. One is stuck in Kabul. All three are young, married men from the Hazara minority. Two have small kids. So I'm selling exhibition prints from my studio. You can own... For a song, a framed archival Simon Norfolk print. Act soon. Maybe you'll have it by Christmas. To find out how that auction works and to maybe get your hands on one of Simon's uh, images, prints, and also support this great cause, visit Simon on Instagram at Simon Norfolk Studio.
This may have sound like, sounded, I should say, a little bit like an advertisement. I can tell you it isn't. We don't have advertisements here on the A Photographic Life podcast. No paid-for editorial is accepted. Changing the subject quite considerably, I was recently um, attacked, I suppose you could say, by somebody on Twitter who decided to make a number of allegations. Well, you say, Twitter, that happens all of the time. Doesn't happen that often to me. But I met the uh, allegations and the comments, which I really didn't understand, to be honest, and seemed to kind of come a little bit out of the blue. With a kindness, I thought, and I was kind of nice about the person and wished them a nice weekend. Anyway, in the following week, I received an email from that person apologising for the attack, but also trying to provide some context in which the attack was made. Well, before I received that email, um, I gave some thought to some of the comments that were being made and uh, by that person, and I thought about the general nature of questioning. Anyway, it encouraged me to write an article. So there you go. From something negative comes something positive. The article, which seems once again to be rather popular out there, is should publicly funded photography be open to being questioned? The points I discuss are really about the idea of work being funded is the work being funded as representative of the broader aspect of photography being created? Who's making those decisions? And most importantly of all, I suppose, is it acceptable to question those decisions? I obviously think it is. The person who decided to have a bit of a go didn't seem to think that it was appropriate. So, very clear I'm an observer in these situations. We like discussion and debate on this podcast and also on Twitter and also on the website. The one key thing is always be polite and always make sure that before you say something, you're informed about the subject you're talking about. You may have noticed last week and this week that the podcast sounds slightly different. I invested in an expensive microphone and then last week didn't realise how sensitive it was. This week I'm trying to improve uh, the quality of the episode by stepping a little bit back from the microphone so it doesn't sound quite so breathy. Let's hope that that's uh, a successful uh, move. The other thing I suppose that I need to tell you about the podcast is that it does come from a shed, as I said last week, and it is completely and utterly self-funded. We don't take on any advertising, and all of the photographers that appear on the podcast have nothing to sell or specifically promote at the time they appear on the podcast. If it ties in with one of their book launches, that's just serendipity, and I do enjoy the serendipity of children. I get an awful lot of people emailing me saying they want to appear on the podcast on even more PRs and marketing people trying to sell me their photographers and telling me how great they will be and what they can add to the podcast. What I always uh, recognise in those emails is that the people have never listened to the podcast because if they had, they would know that 
their email is kind of wasted and what they're suggesting the person can bring to the podcast isn't something we ever include on the podcast. Once again, research being the most important point before you send anybody an email. Never blanket send out emails if you expect something to come back in return that's going to be of use to you. Once again, unpaid for, but a recommendation that I gave you a couple of weeks ago was concerning Photo Club Des Vaderlands, the little films which I suggested had a kind of Ali G element to them. I still don't know how much of them are uh, tongue-in-cheek comedy, but I get the feeling a lot of them are. Anyway, Photo Club Des Vaderlands on YouTube have put up two new episodes, which I highly recommend. I started off recommending their first episode, Aesthetics. Now, episode two, Serial Snappers, and episode three, Model, are available for you to check out. In these dark times, there's nothing better than a little bit of a laugh. And laughing about photography, to me, laughing at ourselves, is highly recommended. We really shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. Take your work seriously, by all means. But we've all got to be able to look at what we do and have a sense of humour. At least I find that's what I do. And as I was saying at the beginning of this episode, uh, I was playing squash and I play squash every week at two or three times. And that certainly requires a sense of humour of my own abilities. Anyway, as we're all well aware, Christmas is starting to uh, come up on the horizon and therefore I'm going to uh, take this opportunity to make a suggestion of the perfect Christmas present. It's called What Does Photography Mean to You? And it features 89 professional award-winning photographers from around the world answering that question. It's available now, £9.99 plus post and packing from Blue Coat Press. And that's bluecoatpress.co.uk. The perfect stocking filler for any photographer or person interested in photography. Or let's be honest, anybody interested in anything. Anyway... That's the end of this particular episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've bounced around quite a bit this week. Lots of little nuggets, maybe, for you to uh, think about or chip into or comment on. Over the coming week, I've got lots going on as usual. And as I was just saying, Christmas is coming. And also, so is my birthday. So I am getting to that time of the year when numbers start to become slightly more important and less important at the same time. Anyway, I hope everything is good for you. I'm seeing lots of photographers and hearing lots of photographers who are busy and who are working and are getting commission. I hope that's the same for you. And over the coming week, of course, one thing we all got to do is just to take care. <laughs>